We're still going through our Still Standing series, and I'm excited to share my heart around that this weekend. Uh, I was thinking during the week of how I could open it, and what came to mind was, it was, a f- it was about a few weeks ago, uh, in the kitchen of my house, the tap was apparently not running very strong. The water pressure was not good, but I didn't know that. I've been used to it the whole time I've been there for about a year, and I just thought that it was the normal. And uh, my father-in-law came around, and he turned on the tap, and he just went, how on earth are you guys living with this? <laughs> it's so weak. And uh, so he uh, did what he does, and he gets under the sink, and he plays around with the tap and tries to fix it. And um, anyway... He goes, here, look at this. He turns it on, and it was pouring. It was a strong water pressure, and, and I asked him what he did. And he goes, oh, I just removed the water restrictor. <laughs> and there's this thing called a water restrictor, which I didn't know. And uh, when I was preparing for this sermon, that story came to my mind um, because I believe that this morning uh, the water restrictor is going to be removed from our life and that we're going to be stepping into a greater power and authority that the water pressure that we've been used to that we thought was normal Christianity is going to go and that the power of God is going to absolutely pour through our lives and uh, I just encourage you if you're not expectant for God to move in your world get expectant uh, because I'm going to be up here getting very excited and I need you guys to be excited with me so that's great. Romans 10, 9 says this, very, very famous verse. If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Come on, it's amazing. If we openly declare with our mouth that Jesus is Lord. I believe that many of us, myself included at many times, have changed the scripture a bit though. I think we've turned it into many will declare if you declare that Jesus is Savior and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. I think many of us look at Jesus as Savior but we don't see him as Lord. I think we can go through the motions of our day with Jesus as Savior, but not as Lord. And I just felt Holy Spirit was saying, come on, I need to be Savior, but I also need to be Lord. Openly declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. Is Savior less than? No. Savior is amazing. He is Savior, but it's a both end. He's Savior and He is Lord. What does Lord mean? He's our leader. Come on, we sang about it. He's our champion. He's our everything. And if Jesus isn't Lord of our life, then by default, the world is. If He's not Lord of our life, the world is. Your family is. Your friends are. Your work is. Your hobbies are. Your situation is. Whatever it may be look like and we need to make Jesus Lord of our life if we want the water restricted out of our lives and to see the power of God move through we need 
to have Jesus as Lord of our life, not just Savior. If we want to live the life that he has called us into, he needs to be Lord. We can't just incorporate Jesus into our day to make the day better. We need to incorporate Jesus into the day so that he is the day. The day is about him. And he needs to be Lord of our life. If we don't, if we only incorporate Jesus into our day just to make the day better, then really we're just walking in theory of Christ. And God doesn't want us to walk in theory of Christ. He wants us to walk in the reality of John 14, 12. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works that I have done, that Jesus has done, and even greater. I'm going to try this other room. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works and even greater. Come on, it is amazing. Amazing, right? I know. I know. He is calling us to do the same works and even greater. And here's some good news. It's not just for evangelists. It's not just for pastors. It's not just for teachers, apostles, prophets. It's not just for people with a microphone. It's for a Christian. It's for a Christian Christ follower. If you follow Christ, then you are called to do the same works that Jesus did. You are called to do even greater works than Jesus did. But do we believe it? Do we live like that? Come on, just, just imagine with me. That, um, our imagination is a gateway to the spirit realm. It's beautiful. Um, imagine this. If every single person in this room did the same works that Jesus did. It's so cool. What if everybody in this place did greater works than Jesus did? What if every person in this place, it was reality and normal to heal the sick, to cast out demons, to cleanse the leper, to raise the dead? What if that was normal? Because it says in the word of God that we are called to do the same works. But if we want to do these works, I just feel Holy Spirit saying we need to make him Lord of our life. We need to make him Lord of of our life. Ephesians 2 6 says, For he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms and heavenly places because we are united with Christ Jesus. We are called to live a life of power and authority through Jesus. Everywhere that we go, seeing the works of God. That's amazing. Uh, the picture I get when I see that scripture. You're seated in heavenly places. You know, if you stand next to a truck, it's massive. Yeah? You following? Then you hop into a plane. You fly up. You look at the airplane down below now. Suddenly, it's like not even the size of your finger now. Come on, we are seated in heavenly places. There may be some people here going, well, I think... Miracles are for biblical days. They don't exist today. We're seated in heavenly places. Anything is possible. We are called to do the same and greater works than Jesus. 
We are seated in heavenly places. Imagine if we lived from that stance, from that place every day of our life, being seated from heavenly places. What if every person here lived in the reality of being a son or a daughter of the king? What if we all lived believing the scripture that Christ is the hope of all glory? So Christ coming out of us is that hope made manifest. So everywhere we go, we are ambassadors of hope. Come on, imagine if we lived in that way every day of our life. Just before John 12, 14, Jesus said this. He said, if you don't believe me from the words that I say, then believe me through the work you have seen me do. And then right after this, Jesus promises the Holy Spirit. He promises the Holy Spirit. We're not doing it alone. We've got the power of God in us. We've got Holy Spirit with us. We need to be a show and tell church. You don't believe me? Okay, poof. Come on, we need to be a show and tell church. We need the power of God moving through our lives. The thing I love about this is when we step into the reality of knowing that we're a son and a daughter, come on, we know that we've got the power of God in us. We are a threat to the enemy every single day. We are a threat everywhere we go to the enemy. You know, if we live in the reality of being sons and daughters of the Most High, we live a life that puts the enemy in fear rather than him putting fear in us. And we gotta live that lifestyle because there is a dying world that needs to know Jesus. And there is a devil that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And we need to live in that reality. And we need to put fear into him, not him putting fear into us. We need to get into the word of God, amen? The word of God needs to get into us. We need to know who we are in God so that we give the devil a bad day every day. So that we give him a bad day every day. So that we can be a buzzsaw for Christ. First John 3, 8 says this. It says, the son of God came to destroy the works of the devil. Ephesians 5, 1 says, imitate God in everything you do. So if we're called to imitate God in everything we do and he came to destroy the works of the devil, then suddenly it's not about us just living a normal life trying to get to heaven. It's about heaven getting into us and we're on mission on the way to heaven. And what's the mission? Love God, love people, destroy the works of the enemy. Everywhere we go, we are called to destroy the works of the enemy and we need the power of God for that. Come on, we are called to do the same works and even greater. Bill Johnson said this when I was at, uh, I was at a conference in 2018 uh, and it was called Manifest Presence in Auckland. Many of us would probably know it. And he said this line and it stuck with me ever since. He said the saddest thing is that Christians go to bed with no blood on their sword. The saddest thing is that Christians go to bed with no blood on their sword. 
And we heard from Pastor Sheridan a few weeks ago that there is a spiritual battle going on. Come on, who believes it? Yeah, we've been made aware of that. We can't just go speeding like he did. And There is a spiritual battle going on. And there is an enemy that is out to steal, kill, and destroy. He knows that he has lost. What did Jesus say on the cross? It is finished. He knows that he's done. So his goal now is, well, while I'm on my way out, I might as well take as many people as I can with me. I'm going to steal, kill, and destroy. And God has asked us to destroy the works of the devil wherever we go. What does that look like? Mark 12, 30 says this. Love God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. Destroying the works of the devil. If we truly love God, we will love what he loves. Yeah? What does God love? You you can talk back. God loves people. We need to tell people about the hope that we've found in Jesus. It says later in that scripture, equally as important, love your neighbor as yourself. If we are a follower of Jesus and we believe in the word of God and we know that there is an enemy out there who has his mission is to steal, kill, and destroy but we don't tell anyone about Jesus. It's not a boldness issue. It's a love issue. Because if we love God, we will love what he loves. So if we go to a sporting game and we stand in the stadium and we scream for our favorite team when they score a try and it's amazing And then we leave the stadium and go to McDonald's on the way home and we don't tell the lady at the counter about Jesus. That's not a boldness issue, it's a love issue. Are you with me? If we can't love people enough to tell them about the love and the hope that we've found in Jesus, it's a love issue, not a boldness issue. We can put all sorts of labels on it. I'm too scared. I don't want to bother them. I'm socially awkward. We can put so many labels on. But at the end of the day, it roots from a love issue. Do I really love Jesus the way that I say that I love him? Because if I truly loved him, I would love what he loves. And that's people. That's people. Should we pray for boldness? Yes. We need boldness in so many areas of our life. But I believe that the prayer on our heart should be, help me love you with all my heart, all my soul, all my mind, and all my strength. There are people hurting. There are people dying. And we walk past them every day. 
And if we believe in the word of God that there is eternity, and if you belong to Jesus, you spend eternity with him. And if you don't, you spend eternity away from him. In other words, hell, then we need to open our mouths and tell people about him. Because if we say that we love him, then we'll love what he loves. It's not a boldness issue. It's a love issue. Can I throw the challenge out? If you struggle, I'm not talking about feeling nervousness beforehand, but if you just don't, I don't think it's a boldness issue. It's a love issue. It's not a, Lord, would you help me have the courage? Lord, would you, would you take the nerves away? It's getting on our knees and saying, Lord, would you just help me love you? Would you help me love you? Would you help me see what you did on the cross? Matthew 16, 24 says this, Then Jesus said to his disciples, If any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross, and follow me. So come on, do we live like that? Is it about us or is it about the others? Philippians 1.27 says this, whatever happens, this summarizes everything. I should have just not preached and read this one scripture. Like literally, I'm serious. This is amazing. Philippians 1.27, whatever happens, keep living your lives based on the reality of the gospel of Christ, which reveals him to others. Come on, I'm going to say it one more time until it gets in here. Whatever happens, keep living your lives based on the reality of the gospel of Christ, which reveals him to others. How should we live our life? Based on the reality of the gospel of Christ. What's the outcome of that? People find out about Jesus through our life. Come on, two people believe that. Come on, that's, that's, that's the whole reason. We're called to love God, to live in the reality of what Jesus did on the cross. Come on, we're forgiven, we're saved, we're redeemed. woo And then we live from that place believing that we're sons and daughters of the King. And what happens from that, we are so in love with Jesus, the water restrictor is gone, and the people around us find out about Him. Because we can't hold him back. Because we believe what the word says. We believe what he did on the cross and we love him. It's not a boldness issue, it's a love issue. Come on, do we love Jesus like we say we do? Come on. It's amazing. Based on the reality of the gospel of Christ, living our life. We need to make Jesus Lord of our life. Come on, that's the first thing. Confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. We gotta confess that he is Lord. Is he Lord of your life? And then we need to know the price that he paid on the cross so that we can know who we are, what God thinks of us, how he loves us. And that leaks out of our life. The outcome of living in that reality is that we are so in love with Jesus that the people around us will know it. 
you know when you find like a really like, like you find a new like banging song or you find like a really, really, really cool new TV show or movie and you just can't help but, you know, you're hanging out with your mates or your family. Oh, you should watch this movie. Oh, you should listen to this song. It's so cool. That should be our life about Jesus. Man, we should be, you know, hanging out with our mates and the first thing should be, man, let me tell you about what Jesus has been talking to me about. We need to live this thing out. Also, there's a scripture in Bible which is so awesome and so terrifying. I love those scriptures. Today is the day of salvation. Beautiful, but terrifying. It terrifies me because it doesn't say tomorrow is the day of salvation. It says today. So there's some urgency to this. It's not a, yeah, yeah, you can just wait till tomorrow. It's, no, come on, now is the time. And that scares me because there's so many people in my life. There's so many people that we walk by. There's so many people in our worlds that don't know Jesus. And now is the time of salvation. Why? Because tomorrow is not guaranteed. And Jesus died on a cross so that we could be connected with the Father and that we could live in the reality of the gospel of Christ, which means making him Lord of our life, loving him with all of our heart, soul, mind, strength. What's the outcome of that? We love him so much, so we love what he loves. We can't help but hold it back. We can't help but hold it back. You know when you like try and hold too many things and it just eventually just all fumbles. We should be holding Jesus. We should be holding Jesus. We should be destroying the works of the enemy wherever we go. We, the devil should regret ever wanting to touch us. Jesus let's find someone else that's how it should be for the enemy that's how it should be he should be threatened by our lies because we're living in the reality of the gospel